Yes, there is a substitute, and it's vastly more than that. It is a fellowship in Alcoholic Anonymous. Life will mean something at last. A new life. Welcome to today's podcast. I'm Fernando. I'm an alcoholic. Let's go ahead and open this meeting with a moment of silence, followed by the serenity prayer, please. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. Greetings, family. Welcome to today's meeting of AA. I'm Fernando. My spin on it, as Fernando sees it. Today, for September 15th, is the Daily Reflection says, Yes, there is a substitute, and it is vastly more than that. It is a fellowship in Alcoholic Anonymous. Life will mean something at last. Alcoholic Anonymous, page 152. Life is better without alcohol. AA in the presence of a higher power keeps me sober. But the grace of God does even better. It brings service into my life. Contact with the AA program teaches me a new and greater understanding of what Alcoholics Anonymous is and what it does. But most importantly, it helps me to show me, it helps to show me who I am. An alcoholic who needs the constant experience of the Alcoholics Anonymous program so that I may live a life given to me by my higher power. Amen, amen. I'm Fernando Alcoholic, as I see it. I saw that a lot of times Alcoholics Anonymous and the power and the grace got me back financially fit. And then my pride and ego and arrogance and big shotism and the salesman that was in me, because I sold houses, insurance, life, cars, even nopales, cactus, door-to-door as a kid in Mexico. Newspapers. The point I'm making is, I was always trying to get good with God with salesmanship and, and, and deeds. A God is giving us a gift. He gave me a gift of His grace, the gift of sobriety. I needed to say thank you and maintain it. And thank you, God, and understand my point is that I blew it. I became an alcoholic. I drank it. I stole it. I, you know, I killed it. I burned it, arsoned it, deceived it. You know, I did everything wrong. I drank it, you know, and now I've been forgiven by my higher power. I've been forgiven and I need to maintain that forgiveness by the grace of God, which is action. Action and prayer and cleaning the tables, cleaning those coffee stains, getting that dust off the tables there, straining up the chairs. I put myself, I elected, I had my own committee business meeting in my head. And I said, yeah, I nominate Fernando to clean under the tables and make it look decent. So I nominated myself in the first couple of months that I was in when I was back in AA and Tracy, California. And as I was wiping off the stains of coffee and some of those white fold-out tables, guess what? I started thinking about the people that sit there. I started to think about what they said. 
I started to fall in love. My actions let the love of God come in, and I became a human being, and I was able to receive and give love something that I couldn't. And like the title said, life will mean something at last. I had the reeling of the mind when I came into AA. It was hard to keep thoughts together and pay life. To do sobriety sober was was a bear. So when I came into AA, I became somebody. I don't know what, but I was somebody. And I started having a smile on my face. Thank you, Alcoholic Anonymous. And now let's go ahead and shift gear. We're going to read today, uh, 24 hour a day, September 15. We all realize that we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to all of us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do today for the person who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. See to it that your relationship with God is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. Give freely of what you find in AA, but obviously you cannot transmit something that you haven't got. So make a life study of AA. Am I always looking for ways of presenting the AA program? Amen. Meditation for the day. In quietness and confidence shall be your strength. I said, in times of quietness and confidence shall be your strength. Confidence means to have faith in something. We cannot live without confidence in others. When you have confidence in God's grace, you can face whatever comes. When you have confidence in God's love, you can be serene and at a peace. You can rest in the faith that God will take care of you. Try to rest in God's presence until his life power flows through you. Be still, and in that stillness, the still small voice will come. It speaks in quietness to the human mind that is attuned to its influence. And if you can't get that stop reeling of the mind, start thanking God. You know, one thing about thanking God, about the reeling of the mind, of the uh, unsettledness, the discontentment, and the anger, and jealousy, and pride, and all these things that the seven deadly sins, is when we start thanking God for where we're at in life, you know, that's confidence in His grace. That's confidence in His love. That's confidence that there's a little voice inside of us telling us where to go for water. And as we thank Him, we get a little glimpse of peace, little glimpse of confidence and joy. And we keep at it. And all it is, the problems and the things that are biting us, the problems, spurs us to keep thanking God for them. Now we're using them as the reason to thank God, our problems. As to raise our and I'm speaking R and we trying to get you into agreement. But for me, that's how I, uh, I use the situations in life. They're always coming at us. So just thanking God for the, they, 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 they shrink. Like I was thanking God, I had to cut the bushes, cut the palm trees, well, the small palm trees, and you know, about uh, six, seven feet high. And then the bushes, the bushes were about 15 feet, 20 feet, uh, just hanging over almost to the street. So 
you know, I thought about it, thought about it, prayed about it. And lo and behold, I got in less done in about three hours. And then put everything away. You know, I thought about it, thought about it. And the confidence came, but it only took through meditating and relaxing. I pray that I may find strength today in quietness. I pray that I may be content today that God will take care of me. Amen. Let's pray the uh, third step prayer, please. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. And I cannot leave you without a reading from Daily Reflections. Excuse me. From the AA Grapevine. April 1993. I opened it at random. And it says, The God of my understanding. April 1993. Grapevine. As the presentation artist Stone College student back in the 60s, I read a line by the poet Baudelaire that I often quote to give my drinking and drugging a spiritual flourish. The depths of a man's democracy is a reflection of his taste for the infinite. Did you understand that? The depth of a man's debauchery is a reflection of his taste for the infinite. In other words, we were trying to seek God in our drinking. We we're trying to, you know. Good enough reason to get deeper into my debauchery. Though any reason would have done just as well. Years later, with my choices finally narrowed to either working the AA program or dying, the spiritual practice drafted in Step 3 and 11 drew me like a magnet. I had a lot of practice in turning my life and will over to alcohol and drugs, clearly demonstrated my taste for the infinite, you know. If it feels good, do it. So why not give the opiate of the masses a chance? Prayer and meditation were definitely worth a little experiment effort. It wasn't as though I had anything to lose by trying it. So right from the beginning, I prayed and begged and beseeched and thanked the God of my misunderstanding on a daily basis. The short-term result was that I didn't pick up the first drink. The longer and deeper consequences are depicted clearly in the big book, the 12 and 12 and came to believe and are shared in meetings countless times every day. I have a life today that I would trade for no other. But my conscious contact with God is still a baffling and troubled relationship. The God of my understanding is no easy touch, no well-meaning, overindulgent, comfortably, bankroll, mommy or daddy. The God I pray to has some expectations and a sense of timing geared to something other than what I think I need and when I think I need it. Not long ago, I set aside three weeks to cram for difficult examinations. I had to take. I went to meetings, talked with other drunks, said my prayers, did the footwork, paid my daily program lip service, but I was obsessed with stuffing information into my head and felt resentful at having to do this at age 43 in order to get something I wanted. 
My resentment for anything that feels like work is progressive, insidious, physical, mental, and spiritual. My true talent is for dreaming and fun. Huh. The exams were work. At the Wednesday night meeting, people talked about contact with their higher power. I leaned back in my chair, mulling over the exam. I had to take on Saturday, feeling deserted, dry, cut off, listening to others. I saw that my emotional and spiritual amplitude had gone flat for weeks. I felt empty inside, thirsty. I closed my eyes and prayed. I begged to be touched, to be shown a sign, to be embraced, to know the presence of God. I longed for the missing flicker of hope. Leaving the meeting and immediately taking back control, I hurried through the next two days, neglectful of prayer, obsessing full bore over the information I had to regurgitate on Saturday's exams. The Friday night step meeting was reading step 11. Not that I care much, caught up as I was with the overload of facts I was trying to retain, but while reading the paragraph, instructing us to make ourselves quiet and ready to listen, ready to receive, to hear what God's will is for us. I suddenly remember my intense prayer of two nights before. I had asked God for something, then had closed the channel, hung up the phone, so to speak, expecting he'd give me a ring when I was ready. The 11th step told me that I had to make myself ready. I had to become quiet, open, receptive. This was the purpose of meditation, to listen. Now the background, you can hear the wife. She's making the pancakes for the Friday, coincidence, for the morning Friday pancake meeting that the Lord told me to start at the park, at the AA meeting at 9 a.m., Glendora, California. And she makes two kinds. She makes the ones for the uh, elderly, <laughs> and then she wants the other ones for the uh, regular elkies. And uh, we've been doing this for uh, probably as long as we've been married, 13 years. Amen. And now she's, uh, I put music on there, country and western, uh, 24 hours a day, sweet Jesus, help me to live. All right, back to the story. I asked God for something. Then he had closed the channel, hung up the phone, so to speak, expecting he'd give me a ring when I was ready. The 11th step told me that I had to make myself ready. I had to become quiet, open, receptive. This was the purpose of meditation, to listen. In the middle of the Friday step meeting, I closed my eyes, slowed my breathing, let go of the noise in my mind. The obvious question arose, I have begged for help Wednesday night. What had happened? I had begged for help. I hadn't been praying, paying attention, excuse me, too busy obsessing over the exams. I've been anything but quiet and receptive. Given my substitute level finances, I thought at first that a good way for God to get my attention might be winning the lottery or turning up a long lost inheritance. 
What I saw in retrospect, however, was more typically unpredictable Wednesday night. I had asked for help. First thing Thursday morning, I met with my mother to help with arrangements for her yearly winter trip to Florida. But what she wanted to talk about was her discovery that we kids had grown up in an alcoholic family, that she was one hell of an enabler, and that we had all been affected. Fifteen years after the death from alcoholism of her husband, my father, and nine years into my own recovery, during which time I carefully, gingerly talked about our family with the newfound knowledge of AA had given me, my mother had suddenly come to say the A word for the first time in her life. She had admitted as well her role in the family disease. Coincidence? Maybe. I was busy with the exams and forgot my plea for help. The self-appointed committee in my mind was occupied with paperwork the rest of the day. I trudged on, ungrateful. Thursday night, I received a message from a friend in the program whom I love and respect, but who had succumbed to more research and development for a few weeks. Shortly thereafter, I was sitting at his bedside, holding his hand, looking at a man deathly ill, reeking, crying, unable to talk, drowning in despair, the same man who, only weeks before, had been a bundle of energy, light, and laughter at meetings, promising to return first thing the next morning, even though I needed the time to study. I came away profoundly changed, filled to overflowing gratitude for my sobriety. Still, did I not, did not remember my prayer on Wednesday night. There was more studying to do, important work to accomplish. There was, wasn't enough time I trudged on. Not until I made myself quiet in the middle of that 11-step meeting, not until I was ready to receive and to listen, that I see that my prayer had been answered more fully than I could have imagined or known to ask for. I had been shown signs. I like to report, too, that I scored in the top percentile of the exam. That would make for a neat and impressive story, but I didn't have the test results yet, and more importantly, the God of my understanding doesn't work that way in my life. Test scores are up to me. But I see that my timing is getting better. What? In the beginning, took me a couple of years to comprehend is taking only a couple of days now. Maybe if I keep working this program, I'll narrow the lag time enough to experience God in the present moment. Living moment to moment every moment. In the hearts of all the loving people surrounding my life, the tears in my eyes and the gratitude in my heart are pointing the way at the very moment I write these words. And this was written by Anonymous from York Harbor, Maine. And quote of the month from Australia by Bill Paddington from the Riverver. Riverver. R-E-V-I-V-E-R in Australia. A line from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous says, Lack of power, that was our dilemma. 
we had to find a power by which we could live, and it had to be a power greater than ourselves. That was the bottom line. I needed a power that could do for me what I could no longer do for myself. Third set prayer again. God, I offer myself to you to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help of your power, of your love, of your way of life. May I do your will always. Amen. Keep coming back, family. Stay.